You're listening to the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. Here we go. Hosted by industry expert, trainer, and motivator, Scott Love. You're listening to Episode 5 of the Great Recruiter Training Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me again. Well, it's the time of the year when the leaves are starting to turn, the air is getting a little bit cooler, but hopefully the economy is starting to heat up. Even if you don't see that, this is the time of the year that you need to really set your goals and really hit hard for the rest of the year because you've got a narrow window of opportunity before the rest of the world checks out. Anytime after Thanksgiving for about a four or five or even six week period of time, most people are going to tune you out when you call them and try to recruit them. You can't let them do that. But you want to take advantage of the fact that you still have some prime time to harvest before we get to the holiday season. Because a lot of people are going to use the holidays as an excuse to put you off, not to have to make any decisions, or as a reason to say, well, let me start after January 1st thinking about my career move. First, I'm going to share with you a couple of rebuttals that you can use if people start talking about the holidays. So if they say, I want to wait to the first of the year before I make a move, this is what you can tell them. You can say, well, actually, what my recommendation for you is is to go ahead and start interviewing right now because this is going to be a time of the year where people are going to have more time to break away and interview and spend more time during the interviewing process. That would be one thing I'd recommend. Here's another thing you can tell them. If you go through your interview process now prior to the first of the year, then sometimes companies have bonuses that don't start until after you've been there for one full calendar year. So by going forward sooner, you might be able to get on board with the company and be eligible for bonus rather than having to wait a whole year and a half or a whole two years before you can really claim some sort of a bonus. Third thing I would tell you is this. Joe, I hear what you're telling me, but I want you to realize that a lot of other people are saying the same thing. They're saying, let me wait until after the first of the year. So if you go forward right now, there's going to be less competition for those few exceptional jobs that are out there. So I want you to think, move forward right now before we get to the holidays. And if a candidate gives you concern about not going forward, those are the rebuttals that you can use. Now, what if a candidate gives you concerns related to the recession? Well, the recession is based on fear. So what we're going to do is talk to one of my favorite experts in performance psychology, Dr. Kenneth Christian, a good friend of mine. And we're going to see from his experience during my interview with him, how is it that we can face our fears? How, we can, how can we overcome those? And how can we work with people to help them overcome their fears? And then after I interview him, I'm going to give you some specific word tracks that you can use to move candidates forward if they say they want to wait until after the recession is over. I've got with me on the line Dr. Kenneth Christian. Ken is a close friend of mine. He's also an expert on the one thing that I think contributes the most to a recruiter's success, and that's your own personal performance. Uh, one of the things that I've seen as a trainer and a consultant and even as a recruiter is that really the fear that we have of whatever it is that keeps us from being successful is the biggest detriment to our success. The second one is the fear that candidates and clients have about going forward. Ken's going to share with us some ideas on how we can solve the fear that exists within us and also the fear that exists within other people. Ken, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. Scott, it's always a pleasure to be on the line with you, on the conversation with you, anything with you. Uh, and I'm happy to have the opportunity to talk to your audience, which I know is uh, large and growing. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. So, so, Ken, I know that you've studied from a scientific perspective. As a professional psychologist, you've studied 
what is it that causes causes people to be successful in terms of their own performance? What is it that keeps them from being successful? And in terms of of fear, where do you see that ranking in terms of what keeps us from being successful? Wow. Uh, Scott, I think it's so near the top, it must be the top. I mean, there are all kinds of personal experiences, I suppose, that people could have that might, you know, top fear. But I think fear is it. Yeah, fear really is a, is a stopper. Yeah, because I've seen that when I consult people. I, I've noticed that when I ask them, I say, what is it that you could achieve if you spent every hour of every day for a year performing at your peak level? You know, that's the first question I ask. And then they write that number down. Then I tell them on a separate sheet of paper, write down that one limiting belief that you have that's keeping you from achieving that level of performance. And for a lot of people, it's a fear. It's like fear of success, fear of failure, uh, fear of putting a lot of time into something and not having something to show for it. You know, right. from your from your studies, when you study people's performance, what are some of the common fears that people have that really inhibits their performance, and what can they do to resolve those? Well, you know, I think uh, the, the the fear of failure is is a really big universal block. Um, I don't want to do something and then just have wasted that time, or humiliated myself. Or just taking a no, another no, and recruiters have to face no's all the time, and so it's fear of failure. I think is really strong, but failure can be construed in a number of different ways. Some people are very bold in some areas, and then if you're um, afraid of rejection, for example. Uh, which is a version of failure, then it's very, very tough to pick up the phone if you've, you're in the kind of situation the economy is in right now and, and uh, some of the things that I know you and I have talked about, about what happens with uh, candidates these days and their fear. So it's, uh, it's a tough mix, but fear is right there, um, fear of failure. So, so how is it? Let's just say I'm a recruiter and I'm in the business for a few years and I've noticed that I just get beat up all day. And that's what I tell folks. I say that your core competency is to withstand a series of one personal rejection after another all day long, and it becomes a type of adversity. Uh, what, what are some of the mental games that someone can play in their head or mental mental tips that you would uh, you could tell someone where they could manage that type of fear? Well, I, th- I think that fear is actually a useful signal, and if if you're afraid, the thing, the way to respond to it first is not just cringe and avoid what you're about to do next, but it's to say, okay, what is it the fear is trying to tell me right now? I mean, if fear is a signal, I ought to pay attention. If you were, uh, you know, afraid that you were going to be attacked from somebody, it wouldn't do you any good to just say, okay, I'm going to wait and see what happens and hope it blows over. Uh, you respond in some way, figure out where the attack is coming from, and so on. So I think you have to, first of all, take a look, scan, and see, is this just my old avoidance fear uh, or, you know, the fear that drives me toward avoidance, or is this, is there really a realistic threat out there? And I, I think most of the time there's not a realistic threat, but you ought to check because people start to fear and avoid fear. And um, and it just becomes cyclical and drives you right downward. So I think getting real about what the fear is, uh, about what the source of the fear is, and if, if there is a really legitimate threat, is, is step one. Sure. But, but, you know, you said something really interesting to me. I, I like your question that you asked people. Uh, and then, you know, the follow-up question. I thought it was really good, that question. And I have asked a question to people. Uh, and I've done this a lot, it, it's 
a version of what you said, and it's it goes like this: What would you do if you were a hundred percent certain you would be a success if you did it? Mm. And it, it kind of gets at, you know, is what I'm doing really what I would do and want to do, or is there something else I'm afraid of that's making me stay stuck in a career that that isn't my first choice? Sure. But if you can get past that, then it, it it also unlocks the the Pandora's box of what's inside there that I that I really fear hmm. that's keeping me from moving forward. And I think when people really ask that question, they find out that there's nothing really there. There's yeah. nothing really there. Uh, right. I remember there's one lady I was coaching, and I said, "What are you truly capable of? If you put forth your best effort, what can you really do?" She said, "I can build five hundred thousand." And I said, "I said if you did this." What's the absolute worst thing that would happen? She said, well, I'd be really tired. And I asked her, I said, well, are you tired now? And she said, yeah. And I said, so what's the difference? You know, I said, yeah, right. you, you might as well work really hard, be tired now and, and do well. Uh, but I think, and that's something that I do, and, and Ken, to this day, when I'm recruiting, I don't have the natural personality to just get on the phone and call right away. I have that element of fear. To this day, I've been recruiting for a long time, and every day I come in the office, I'm calling these really scary people, at least that's what my mind tells me, until I get into it. So I ask myself, I say, what's the absolute worst thing that can happen? And I actually have to visualize myself making these calls. And yep. in my mind's eye, I say, what's the worst thing that can happen? Are they going to reach to the phone and slap me upside the head? No, they're not. They're right. just going to tell me no. Right. So, uh, so, so let me ask you this then. Let's just say that you're talking with a candidate, and the candidate has an element of fear about making a move. How could you ask them questions where you could get them to realize that maybe they should look at another opportunity? Is there anything that you can think of that would help a recruiter to get someone face a fear that's not real? It's just in their head. Well, I, I mean I- – I think asking questions is the greatest thing. It's it's the same thing we were just talking about that the person does with or for themselves. If you've established a warm enough relationship, you you can say to the person, "Well, let's let's take a look at that fear. Um, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen?" And they'll tell you what the worst thing is. But then you start to unpack and ask leading questions that that go off in different directions. You'll find out more information about them. But you could say something like. Um, uh, you know, they they answer that I don't want to move because uh, it's the last uh, in, first out kind of thing. And I've certainly personally seen a lot of people have that happen to them just recently. And you have to acknowledge there's something realistic about that. But, you know, I think you've done some work on that particular area yourself and developed a series of questions that lead them to other kinds of conclusions. Um, it seems to me that we were talking and you had mentioned that to me. Yeah, because it's what I do. I'll, I'll refocus what really is the issue. I'll say, they'll say, well, I don't want to make a move right now. And I'll say, why is that? Well, because of the recession. What do you mean? Well, I don't want to put myself in a situation of jeopardy if I leave here, go to another place, and I'm the last one in, first one they let go. I don't want that to happen. And I'll, and I'll really bring the focus to what it is. I'll say, so you want a position that has security, Yes, that's exactly what I want. So what you need to do is look for indicators of security then. And I'll ask them, if I know that their firm's been laying off, I'll say, has your firm laid off? Yes. Well, that's not a clear indicator of security. I'm calling you about a company that's hiring right now compared to everybody else. This company is hiring. And and not only that, they're going through a search firm, which means that they have a budget. It's an important position for them. They wouldn't pay me a big fee to get you unless they were serious about that. 
Okay, so one more time, you tell me, touted me as the expert, and I'm learning from you. Fantastic. <laughs> I love that. But it's just stuff that I learned from you a long time ago, man. That's all okay. it is. All right, but it's a great sequence. That's yeah, thanks. That's one you follow. Because I'll even show, I'll say, if you were to make a move on your own, absolutely, right. absolutely, that would be a valid concern. But when I'm involved in the process, it changes the chemistry of everything. Yeah. But, but, but Ken, I'm curious, from, from you, when you've worked with people one-on-one, Give me some examples of people that were able to face a really big fear, whether it was something in business or they had afraid, or they had a fear of getting in their car every day. You know, what are some things that you've seen as a psychologist uh, that we can learn from? You know, I think that if you start to hear yourself say the same thing over and over again when somebody asks you, "Why haven't you done this?" or "Why haven't you done that?" There's a game that's on. And the game is one you're playing with yourself. You're, you're in all likelihood making an excuse. So I, I'm going to tell you that this is something I do for myself. I listen for my own excuses. And I've worked with people. I'm going to tell you a kind of complicated story right now about somebody that I worked with who um, was continually selling herself short. And it was clear that this person was extremely talented. And yet out of fear, a kind of complicated fear... She would do this, and, and always when she would make these statements about, I can't do this or I can't do that, it would always sound funny because she was obviously, first of all, very bright, very effective, um, extremely creative. She was in a field where creativity really was a part of what was going on, but she would always sell herself short, and, and the sense I had was that she was kind of dumbing herself down. Hmm. And so I, I asked her a series of probing questions about, who, who was it that she wanted to dumb herself down for? Why did she want to make it sound like she would never be a threat to anybody and that her ideas weren't that good and they weren't really that creativity or that creative? She was actually a photographer and she I would see she would show me her photographs. They were amazingly brilliant and she was only a beginning photographer. And she, she immediately completely denied that. There was nobody that she ever wanted to thing. And she started to talk about um, what a burden it was to be not very confident. But in the conversation, as I kept asking her questions about that whole topic, she began to realize that it was what was really a burden was telling everybody that she wasn't confident and how tiring it was to, to worry about other people thinking that she might be uh, cocky about how competent she really was and how bright she really was. And it led into her mother and it led into her father and it led into all kinds of things. But this is in a 45-minute conversation. Wow. She got to all of that. Wow. Uh, just staying with the question, okay, how does that work? How does that work? And it, it all turned around. So often, you know, I, one of the things that I actually avoid, and I do this all the time and I have to catch myself making the excuse, mail comes in. Well, mail is like one of the least juicy, most boring things that I can receive. How ludicrous for me not to just take it in my hand, dump all the stuff that's no good, see if there's anything real, and then be, have it off my desk. But it is the first thing that I will let stack up. And it's crazy. That's a crazy. It's not even a fear. It's just an avoidance. And it, hmm. and it leads to a kind of weird procrastination that sucks a lot of time. So I, I think that there's a lot of fear involved in putting things off. I, I know in myself, the things I don't want to do, even though I, knew there, I know there are priorities, it's uncomfortable to do them, I'm afraid to do them, I'm going to put it off, I'm going to procrastinate. Yep. It's kind of like I remember uh, several years ago I was out consulting to a client of mine in Fresno 
And the day before, I was going to go to their office. I'm in a Kinko's, and they had a book section there, and I see a book on procrastination written by Brian Tracy called Eat That Frog. And I see the book there, and I look at that book, and I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, I really need to get that book, but I'll get yeah. it later. <laughs> I'll get it later. Or I'll get that book, and I'll read it later. Yeah, that's right. Right. So, so, so what can we do? If, if we see that fear is keeping us from hitting our performance – Really pushing through those walls. You, you, one idea you said was asking ourselves questions. Yeah. Uh, asking ourselves questions. I, I know. I remember something else you said before, uh, a long time ago, when we talked about affirmations. Uh, you said put the word "I choose" in front of that. Uh, tell me about that. Why, why is that powerful? And, and tell me what you mean by that. Why, why does that work? Well, people. One of the side effects of, of uh, or unfortunate consequences of affirmations is that people stop believing what they're saying because they know they're not making a million this year, but they say, I'm making a million dollars in sales this year. And and they know it. And so they feel like they're lying. So they, they repeat it. And, and people talk, you know, fake it till you make it. But inside yourself, if you're faking it, you kind of know it. So if you say, I choose to make a million dollars this year, then it's different. It's not the same as saying I am. And you get around the negative consequences of somehow telling yourself, this is really a lie, this is really a lie, this is really <laughs> a lie. So it, it strengthens the affirmation. That's, that's one thing. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. But, you know, my, here's, here's what I do with things that I avoid when I catch myself. What you have to do is keep catching yourself and watching yourself. And uh, that's why I stress so much paying attention to what you're actually doing because when you're on autopilot, you can never catch these things. I have to say to myself, when there's something ludicrous that I'm avoiding, I and now I will tell the lie to myself. I can't wait to do this. I love this. This is the greatest thing. And I, you know, I whenever I start to feel crummy about doing something and I want to set it aside, that's the exact perfect moment to do it. I'm going to try that. <laughs> I'm going to try that. And I use I use the avoidance as the signal that it is the perfect moment. And when I say to myself, okay, this is the perfect moment, I just override what is really as stupid as that series of disclaimers that that person I was talking to you about earlier was doing. And, I, you know, we're always giving ourselves disclaimers about how much we could reach our potential. It's such a thing. It's amazing. Sure. And, it, and it affects people who achieve a lot as much as it affects anybody. They just override it better if they're achieving more. Ken, you've, you've got a lot of good content, a lot of good material. But before we go, what would be some ways that if people wanted to learn more about how you've helped other professionals overcome their fears, how you've helped them really break through and overcome underachievement, you know, what, what are some resources that you have and how can they find you if they want to reach you and talk with you about things? Well, they can find me on maxpotential.com. Uh, that's my website. Uh, a new a uh, pretty revised version of my website is going to be going up in a very short time. Uh, I've been working with a website developer for some time, and um, it's just about ready. We've just about got all the glitches out of it. So that's going to go up soon, and with it is going to actually be um, the chance for people to do some free – get some – receive some free video coaching. Um, I've created about 55 videos uh, that coach people on aspects related uh, of related to the 15 tasks that are in my book, Your Own Worst Enemy. Um, and 15 of, 15 of those are going to be free. Another 40 of those are actually going to be available on a subscription basis. If people 
see what you know like what they see and, and they want more and um, it could be that the, the 15 or so that are available are, are going to give a, a good boost uh, it could be that one of those subscription things would be good but they're going to be fairly inexpensive and then I've got a lot of new articles and other things that are going up on my website so go to maxpotential.com uh, go on a, you know go now and you'll see the the less glamorous version in a few more, in a few more days or hopefully next week but but I can't say you know exactly because I've got other people and other things that I'm depending on but it's just about ready to roll and go there and and take a look around uh, there's also um, a couple of books that you'll see there that you know there's a book on breaking negative habits that get in your way but there's also your own worst enemy so um, I would love to talk to anybody who wants to talk to me. Send That's me great. I'll hook up with you on the phone. Thanks, Ken. You've got so much great knowledge. I, I really think that what you talk about is what really keeps people from reaching their true potential because you're really an expert in helping people reach that potential. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Scott. I think the music's going to come up now. And yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to start the music. Here we go. Okay. Here it is. <laughs> okay. Well, I, would, I have more to say, Scott. I have more to say. Well, we'll, we'll save it next time. I'll, I'll come. We'll, we'll do it next time. <laughs> Talk to you then. Thanks, Scott, for the opportunity. Well, what Dr. Christian said is exactly why I think traditional recruiter training doesn't work, because it focuses purely on the tactics. The tactics probably contribute maybe about 5% of your success. You still need to know how to make those kind of recruiting calls, overcome the objections, prep and debrief and close. But if you have fear that's keeping you from being more successful, that's going to limit you. Not only that, but if you can't deal with the fear that your candidates are going through, how are you going to move them forward? That's why I think that recruiting truly is a personal development opportunity disguised as a job. And my philosophy of training is to not just look at the tactics, but also teach people how to make better strategic decisions, to develop better work habits, and also how to think at a higher level. If we can think at a higher level, we can move people forward and we can manage our own success and do those things that help us really to reach a level that we've never done before. So let me share with you some of the things that Ken talked about. How do we talk to candidates where they're facing some sort of fear and getting them to move forward and look at our clients' opportunities as it relates to the recession. So let's just say you have a candidate that says that they want to stay where they are. Why do you say that exactly? Well, you could sense that maybe they wanted to move, but they're just hesitating. Well, Joe, there's a reason why you're hesitating. It sounded like you wanted to make a move when we first talked. What is it that's keeping you from going forward? Would you mind sharing that with me? Well, Scott, I'm just concerned that if I make a move, I'm going to be let go. If I go to another company, why should I jeopardize a comfortable situation and take that risk? You know, that makes perfect sense, Joe. It sounds like you want to find an opportunity that has maximum security. Is that correct? And they'll say, yes, it is. So what we want to do, we want to lead them away from looking at the recession and fear into security and opportunity. So you can ask them questions like this. So what you're really looking for is something related to security. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I think that makes perfect sense. And I think you're very wise to consider your move from that perspective, especially right now. You don't want to be the last person into a company that gets let go. And they're going to say, yeah, you're absolutely right. Say, so what I, what I would recommend is that you look for indicators of security in opportunities. You can even talk about their company. You can ask them. Now, ask this question only if you know the answer. Has your company laid people off? Has your company let people go? And if it has, they'll say yes. Say, well, that doesn't sound like it's a very secure situation. Even though you're still there, they could let you go. 
What you need to do is look for indicators of security. Look at my client situation. At a time when nobody else is growing, these folks are hiring. And not just that, they're willing to pay a sizable fee through a search firm to get an exceptional candidate. Now what you've done, you've shifted their perspective from a perspective of fear into a, into a perspective of opportunity. You can even say things like this. If you're going to make a move on your own, if you're going to go through a job board or through the paper or networking or whatever, I think that type of perspective that you have is valid. You don't want to be the last person in because if there's a hiccup in the market, you're going to be the first person that's going to be let go. However, when you go through a search firm, remember this, that you're insulating yourself from risk by going through a search firm. What do you mean by that? Look at our perspective. We get paid only when an exceptional person gets hired just because of the fact that I'm presenting you means that you're better than everybody else. If you don't go through a search firm, well, you're just like everybody else. When you go through a search firm, that means you've already passed the litmus test of someone who's exceptional. Just because of the fact that I present you puts you in a whole new league. Secondly, they're making a sizable investment through a placement fee. A company is not going to do that unless they have two things. Number one, they've got the budget and the resources. And number two, they've got the reason to do it. When they make a placement and they go through a search firm, they pay a fee. That puts you at a whole new level, plus it insulates you from risk because it was an important position. The third thing is the person that made the decision to hire you. They will fight to keep you. They don't want to hire someone, then let them go 30 days after they came on board, after they paid a big fee. Who would want to do that? They'd look like an idiot. So based on that, I think it might make sense for you to look at my client's opportunity because I think this has exactly what you're looking for. It has all these things that you told me are important to you in your career. Plus, there's some key indicators of security that I think you need to really consider. Does that make sense to you, Joe? And you just lead it forward. Then you take a leadership role. What I'd like for you to do is email me a resume. Do you have one already put together? And you just take it from there. Folks, I hope this has been a good program for you. If you have any ideas for topics that you want me to talk about on the podcast, send me an email. You can email me through the site, scott at greatrecruitertraining.com as a good email for me. If you're interested in getting more one-on-one -on -one coaching or even group coaching, I offer a reasonable option through the coaching club for the same price of your cable bill. You get two things. You get regular group weekly coaching every Mondays at 1 o'clock Eastern time. You can call up and ask me anything. And the second thing you get, you get unlimited access to the complete online recruiter training resource center. If you're interested in that, go to my site, click on the link that says Coaching Club, and watch the video tour. There's a video that takes you inside the site, and you can see exactly what it is. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Visit my website at greatrecruitertraining.com for more free tools, free audios, and videos, and downloads, and articles that will help you become a great recruiter.